Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Every time there's a big game, Garrett Cole ought to wear a mask and bring a gun with him because he is robbing the Yankees in big situations, that's for sure. It is Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Hembo is with us from the hashtag crew camp Brad as well. It is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We are presented by... Progressive Insurance. There is so much to get to today. Our two-a-days for ESPN Radio includes the Bears and the Washington Commanders. I think because we're contractually obligated, we'll talk about the Commanders. And we will spend plenty of time later on on KD and who says no. But for right now, let's roll. Here we go! Go, go. Only one place to start. Hammers this deep to center field. Durant back, looking up. And the Yankees roll in Boston. Well, they hang on in Boston. 6-5, your final score. As they have gotten to 60 wins now, Hembo, for the second earliest time, I believe, in their illustrious history in just 83 games. So, they beat the Red Sox, and everybody feels good because they beat the Red Sox. But there's a much larger issue, and I don't want to be an alarmist here, but let's call it what it is. Rafael Devers is absolutely Garrett Cole's daddy. That's number one. And number two, if Garrett Cole is pitching in a big game, you have very little reason, if you are the Yankees, to feel great about the situation. And he has come here on a contract of $324 million over nine years. Yankees are going to be in cruise control the rest of this season. I understand all of that. But even in a win last night, it is awfully difficult to feel great about your ace of this staff. And it's awfully difficult to make the argument that you wouldn't rather have anybody else in their rotation right now pitching in a big game than Garrett Cole. Hembo, I I don't need much more than the numbers to tell me the case. As a Yankee in the postseason, he's got an ERA of four. When he was an Astro in the postseason, he had an ERA of 2.2. I think the Yankees have been hoodwinked on this contract. I honestly, because he's very good. Don't get me wrong, but he is not 324 million ace good. No, I mean, Garrett Cole is paid like he's the best pitcher in baseball. And right now, he's something like the third or fourth best pitcher on the Yankees. I think that's inarguable. Not, it's not just the obvious performances in big games that really irks you, which obviously he has many of those. It is, to me a body of work, a track record of, call it what it is, average play Yeah. ever since Major League Baseball started cracking down on foreign substances. That, to me, 
is a bigger story here because, sure, you can always pick a game, find an anecdote to prove your point uh, when it comes to really any player. But in Garrett Cole's case now, we have more than a year of data that say he ain't the pitcher that the Yankees signed. And he if, just you're, ain't. if you're wondering what exactly that data is, 37 starts since the crackdown on sticky stuff last year in ERA approaching four. That's not what they signed. That's not what they signed. And he had a good second half last year after it. He adjusted a little bit to it. But there are so many things, much more than that, that bother me about watching him pitch. Mm. The, the body language is god-awful. If, if one little thing goes wrong for Garrett Cole, it feels like the whole thing is going to fall apart like a house of cards. Remember opening day. Remember how he had to wait three extra minutes and basically went nuts in the dugout complaining that the national anthem was taking too long and it had completely thrown off his schedule. It kind of reminds me of Mike Messina in that he was a don't move my cheese guy. Mm. Don't move anything about it. But Messina could actually adapt. He, yes, he was prickly when it came to that kind of thing. It doesn't feel like Cole adapts. And I, I can't get on him completely because the first ball the Devers hit out last night was basically in the dirt. And he still swatted it out of the ballpark. He absolutely owns him. This is not a Devers thing, though. This is a Garrett Cole thing. It's a Garrett Cole thing. Over his last 37 starts, the ones that you just cited, He's allowed 37 home runs. This is not a Rafael Devers thing, not just a G-Man Choi thing. This is a Garrett Cole problem. And I think it's important to lay out the context accordingly because the Yankees are so good this season that it is World Series or bust. They signed Garrett Cole to be that guy who could give you potentially three starts in a World Series. That's what you're paying him for. The money that you're paying Garrett Cole might be the reason you can't pay Aaron Judge. All that I'm asking is that you pitch to your contract. Because right now, he's the third best pitcher uh, on the Yankees at best. And look, Brian Cashman's done a great job at putting together a great team around him. But th- like, if there's anyone on this club that's not picking up their end of the bargain, at least on the pitching side, it's Garrett Cole. So it leads to the larger question. Now, does that really put them in a very difficult spot come the postseason? This regular season has been fantastic and historic already mm. in many ways for them. And I expect it to continue. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to collapse and blow a 14-15 and 15 game lead. That's not going to happen. We understand that this is going to be cruise control to the end of the regular season. But there are a couple of concerns here. Not only Cole, but I don't know how you look at Nestor Cortez with his limited history as a starter, how you look at Luis Severino, who hasn't pitched in the last two years prior to this season, and you feel good about where their innings are going to be. Now, mm. the, the great situation for them is that they can absolutely miss starts in the second half and save innings in them. But you also still have to pitch. And for, Sever- or for, uh, for uh, Cortez... Mm-hmm. It was under 100 innings last year. I think he ended up throwing a career high of something like 90 innings. And when you haven't even pitched in two years, to go out there and expect Severino to give you 150, 160, 170 innings and then pitch well in the postseason, that's asking an awful lot. So it does leave some question marks there for the long term when we talk about the Yankees getting into a series. You know, after they have... Uh, sat through the first round with the bye they're going to have. 
I do worry that you really don't have a great situation. It feels like a house of cards that could fall apart in a big spot like that, especially thus putting even more pressure on Cole to be that guy. More pressure on Cole and potentially pressure on Brian Cashman to have the foresight to add an arm or two potentially before the deadline. We talked a lot about potentially replacing Joey Gallo or trading Joey Gallo. It's not obvious to me that the Yankees still couldn't use more pitching. Right now, their run prevention has been historic. Let me ask you a question in a playoff series. Mm -hmm. Who would you feel better about uh, in a start? Garrett Cole or Justin Verlander? No, Verlander. Garrett Cole or Shane McClanahan? McClanahan, probably. Alec Manoa. See, Garrett, look. look, Manoa. You're you're reinforcing my point. Garrett Cole has reached the point where if he's your probable starter, you're crossing your fingers. Can you... That, you want you, Frankie Montez? I'd take him. There's a dozen guys in the American League that you'd say that about. That's crazy to me because what you always do in the postseason is you line up your starting pitching and you figure out who has the edge based upon that. There is a, any number of pitchers in the American League up against the Yankees, whoever they might start in a postseason game, that I would feel better about than the guys they have, which is crazy. The Yankees are going to win 110 games. Garrett Cole's making $324 million. That is a really precarious place to be for a team that is this historically good in a regular season. And when you look at what the likely American League Championship Series is going to be, they don't stack up well against the Astros. They don't. They don't stack up well against teams that are really good offensive teams. They... I I don't love them in a situation against the Red Sox or the Rays or the Blue Jays for that matter, but I don't think the Blue Jays will get to that point. I think when you're talking about a a division series against the Rays or the Red Sox, it's not going to be a lot of fun because the other thing to remember is as well as the Yankees have hit this year, it's better pitching in the postseason. Mm. It's better and they have had that history of not pitching, of not hitting as well in the postseason. That's that's most definitely a thing. I'm just imagining a scenario right now. It's Game Six of the ALCS. The bottom, it's the you know the sixth inning, bases loaded, and Jordan Alvarez is up. Garrett Cole is pitching. Right? You don't feel good about that moment. No. That's that's the. I don't think he would be in that moment. I think they would have pulled him prob- out of the game by pro- that. Probably moment. so. Yeah. Which also reinforces your yeah. point. But that's the Garrett Cole that Yankees fans are now watching. We he has given us so much scar tissue that. That you're afraid of that moment because he pitches like he's afraid of that moment. That's a bad place to be. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Do you have legitimate concerns about Garrett Cole and the Yankees pitching staff, even though they are where they are right now? And there is no denying the season that they are having. And as good as their pitching staff has been, do you have long-term concerns, meaning playoff concerns 888 say espn it is chris carlin along with hembo in for greeny today on espn radio and on espn plus presented by progressive insurance progressive is proud to team up with hello alice to support small businesses get access to small business resources and learn about small business grants at helloalice.com we have got a jam-packed show today including our two days on the nfl today it's the chicago bears it is the Washington Commanders, and there is so much going on in the league. Is there a possibility that Gronk could re- re- unretire? And how quickly can Baker Mayfield turn his career around if he can? We get the answers from one of our insiders next. It's can't. It's normally Canty and Carlin, but today it's Carlin and Ambo on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around 
different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm following the money on this one. They guaranteed Sam Darnold $18.8 million. He's going to be the starting quarterback. The pieces are in place in Carolina. If they play to their capability, this team gets in the playoffs. Baker Mayfield is your best bet in Carolina. If I'm betting on myself, then I completely double down. And if he does start on opening day, Carolina versus Cleveland, Baker will certainly have a lot to play for on opening day. To think after they went out to get him that Baker Mayfield would be the starter no matter what the money is, but we'll get into it more right now. It is Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hembo is here as well. We welcome in Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Jeff, before we get to the league, this might make you feel a little bit awkward, mm. but what the heck. We were having a debate, Hembo and myself, during the break. Who is yeah. more handsome, you or Alan Hahn. And Hembo would contend that Hahn uh, physically is a little bit more imposing, but really? that, you, that you can wear the hell out of a suit. Oh what what say you? That's it? That was... Well, I, I don't... I mean, I'm disappointed in Hembo. I would think that he would just vote for me uh, top, to, you know, top to bottom, I guess, really speaking. I, I'm not... Uh, yeah, I'm not imposing. That's true, though. I'm not an imposing. I Han's got that very chiseled look about him. He does. That, uh, you know what I mean? That is quite, uh, quite nice, quite lovely. I mean, Jeff, very lovely look, Jeff. I mean, easy you, on the eyes. You know, I love you. I once called Alan Han a handsome, chiseled god on this very show. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big fan of your body of work. Like you strike me as someone that could be like a like a potential like a like a person on a on like a political thriller who like the president's wife is like cheating on him with kind of 
kind of character. Ah, yeah, but, I like, like that. You just look like so that. good in a, like in a kind of, you know, like a nice, sharp, but, tailored Italian suit. The problem is, I'm definitely going to end up dead. Yeah, oh, there's no question in that in that scenario. We can only hope you do not. Wow, uh, you I'd do not rather, survive I'd, that. I'd still rather I'd still rather be that guy than the president. Like, I'd rather <laughs> be the guy with the president's wife. Uh, when I think of dummy. when I think of Jeff Darlington, I think of two words: European cut. That's mm, what I think of. With sure those do. Scenes. You know what I get a lot of? Do you know what I get a lot of? Have I ever told you this? Yeah. Uh, I get a lot of uh, Scott Disick. That's who a lot of people tell me. That wow, I, I don't know if that's something that you want. Is it? I did, you know what? I used to not love it, but uh, I kind of like that guy. Has he like, matured? I mean, he, of course, of the Kardashian yeah, fame. I just, I just think he kind of, like, he owns his role. You know, he kind of knows he's a little bit of a tool, like myself. <laughs> and, like, we, you know, we just, we know who we are. And I like that he kind of trolls the whole thing, you Jeff, know? If, I, I think that if, if I think the Lord has come a long way. Saying so, I, I think you look a lot more like Trump Jr. than you look like Scott Nistick myself. Yeah, no, that. I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of DJ and Junior too, and uh, I, hey, look, I, I, I like the Scott Disick thing a little more. To be <laughs> let's, let's quickly transition to some football, uh, Jeff. First of all, the Baker Mayfield deal that goes through <laughs> yesterday. What is your view on where this stands in Carolina? Is this a true competition, or did yeah, they man. bring Baker in with the idea that he's going to start? I, I honestly do think it's a true competition. Um, and I say that because neither guy is really overly incentivized in terms of like, you know, a high draft pick kind of like you feel about Trey Lance in San Francisco. Like, yes, he's got to start. He's a high draft pick. Um, the money, even though uh, Carolina is only paying a small part of Baker's deal, the money is very similar. It's they're basically on one year deals, each of them. So, you know, you know there's no, there's no reason for this coaching staff to root for one guy over the other, except for the fact that at least Baker brings a new juice, a new energy that they didn't see last year um, from Sam. So, like, I, I think it's an old competition. I will also say, though, much like Denver last year with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, like, t- Teddy came into that seemingly behind the eight ball, but was able to make up a lot um, in terms of lost time in the first few weeks of camp, and I think the same thing will happen in Carolina. Baker Mayfield's like a photographic memory. That's what all the coaches said about him coming out of college. He's got incredible recall, incredible ability to pick up a playbook, and I think that that will come in huge handy in Carolina this coming training camp. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. So what for Baker does salvaging his career look like this year? Paint a picture where teams look at Baker, whether it's Carolina or somebody else, at yeah. the end of the season and say, he can be our quarterback and we can win with him? I mean, I guess 2020 Baker. And, and I don't think that that's that much to, um, to put on him. It doesn't feel like it. I'm not, no, I, I'm intrigued to see if Baker can be when he's healthy. He was so banged up last year. And we know that about, like, a guy, I feel like that's where things went sideways between Browns, um, him trying to play through it, and ultimately sort of almost criticized for his play during that. You know, it's like no excuses, but like the guy's got a shoulder that's fallen off his his body. So I, I just I am intrigued to see what he can do when healthy. And I do think, um, based on my conversations with people around the league, that that you know everybody made it sound like Baker's just done and he sucks because nobody wanted him. It wasn't that. It was about 
the fact that he was owed $18.8 million this year, and people still want to see exactly what he can do before they commit to him. So, look, if he goes in and plays well for Carolina, which I think he can, um, I absolutely believe there will, there will be a market next free agency for him. Jeff, where do we stand with the 49ers and Jimmy G right now? So he's still got to start throwing. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Um, he had off-season shoulder surgery, and he um, literally is, is, is scheduled to start throwing any second now, any minute. And, and when, once he does that, um, then the market can open up for him. No, I don't think that there's like a huge market in terms of starters, but I do think that there is, you know, the two things that could happen here is a training camp injury uh, creates a need for him. Uh, and the second thing is like, I mean, he, look, if he went into a place like, like Pittsburgh, for instance, and I'm not saying that that's the spot. I'm just saying like there are places that seemingly have starters in place where he could be extremely competitive and potentially win the job. So once he can start throwing again, I think that market will open up. I'm not convinced at this point that, uh, that San Francisco won't just have to cut him. I mean, they're, they're not going to keep him as the backup quarterback for $25 million this coming season. That doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I think if the market does not show itself, they could wind up just releasing him. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The place that I, I would think that would make a lot of sense, should Deshaun Watson be gone for a lengthy period of time, would be Cleveland. Would they be looking for an upgrade, or are they content to try to ride out the storm with Jacoby Brissett? I mean, I just can't imagine from a payroll standpoint how you justify that. Like, that's $55 million into Sean Watson and Baker Mayfield, neither of which are on your week one of the, uh, your active roster. Like that, and then to, to add Jimmy Garoppolo at $25 million, like, I, I, that just doesn't seem palatable. Um, I, it, it's all, I think, it'll be largely dependent on what the discipline is for Sean Watson. Like, if he gets eight games, maybe you say – Look, Jacoby Brissett's our starter. Maybe he gets three wins. We're three and five when Deshaun comes back. And then we can make a run for the playoffs at that point. So I think it will be largely dependent on Watson's availability. I just don't see how you can commit that many resources to, to one position. What's your read on the Watson situation right now? It's gone quiet a little bit the last few days. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly don't have a read at this point. It's It's been so back and forth. Like, every every minute it feels like it changes in terms of what the expectation is. I would just say that at this point, both sides get to provide briefings to Sue Robinson, the disciplinary officer overseeing it. She'll now take all of that information that she has um, and make the ruling. The NFL wants uh, at least a year. Um, the NFLPA is arguing zero. So, Generally, when that's the case, it's somewhere in between. But uh, honestly, it's still anybody's guess at this point. Jeff, last one. The Commanders are one of our two-a-days today on ESPN Radio. We're going to be talking about them here in the next few minutes. Carson Wentz is what everybody is focusing on, and justifiably so. Yeah. Is this a recipe that can be palatable for Washington in the long term? <laughs> I think we just got your answer. Yeah. Uh, like, I have knows how I feel about this. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of tired of Carson Wentz. Like, it, maybe it's cool and all. I, was at, I don't get the impression you're that. alone in that. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what? The thing that exa- I was kind of exhausted by the Carson Wentz thing, like, and I'm not even blaming him for this, but like, when you see like MVP odds come out, like, even when he was going into the season with the Colts, it was like Carson Wentz is 20 to 1. And, 
you know, then there's all these other really solid quarterbacks at like 40 to 1 and 51. So why, why do people continue to think that he's like this, this top tier quarterback? Um, I was also at that, um, that Jacksonville game last year, the Colts Jags, mm. when I've never seen, I've never seen a quarterback give up that Carson did that time. And I know that's harsh to say, but hey, maybe I'm an optimist. I'm a, I'm a big believer in redemption. Maybe this is Carson Wentz's time to turn it around. I just uh, have zero actual belief in what I just said. <laughs> I, and by the way, those odds, I think they were from the Dan Orlovsky-owned sports book mm. that put uh, Carson exactly. Wentz at 20-1. to one. Orlovsky, man. You know what I mean? Carson Wentz must have been nice to Orlovsky at one point. You know? <laughs> like, that's how I am. Like, if Carson Wentz, if I, like, met him on the street right now and he's, like, super cool to me, I... Time I was on here and be like, dude, he might be the MVP this year. <laughs> like, I'm one of those guys. Like, if you're nice to me, I'm probably going to like you a lot more. Like, it's it's hard for me to kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, Jeff, lay off the uh, Kardashians over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I know they got a new vehicle out on Hulu. So, hey, listen, Lord Lord Dizick prevails. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Appreciate it, man. Hambo, Thanks. Babe. I'm going to try to get on the uh, the weights a little bit, see if I can uh, chisel his body up for you, babe. That would be most helpful. <laughs> okay. uh, that is Jeff Darlington, who, uh, according to Hembo, is just not uh, up to snuff when it comes to getting matched up with Alan Hahn when it comes to looks. That's no. basically what it sounds like. No, but I mean, Alan Hahn is number one on my uh, power rankings pretty much in life. So, like, it's really... In life? There, there's a... Look, this is a high bar to clear for Jeff. In life or just looks? Handsome, chiseled God. Yeah, I, I, listen... I mean, I enjoy a, his basketball commentary. It's reasonably sure. good. It's, it's reasonable. It's a little pro-Nick sometimes. He's a little Nick boy. <laughs> that, that happens. Okay, but, you know, let's not get nuts in life. The guy is stunning. Fair I enough. will not yeah, deny I mean, that for a second. He's fun to look at. But he also... Fun to look at. He is also... This has gone off the rails. This has really gone off the rails, Kim. This has really gone off the rails. And Hembo, I completely blame you 100% for it. Should we do the Carson Wentz thing next? Yeah, we will. Okay. Sit tight. First of all, though, for the ones who get it done, (laughs) Granger is here for you, and they're always here to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, along with 24-7 support, experienced staff, and curbside pickup at over 250 local branches. And you can get free access to product specialists ready to help you track down hard-to-find items. Plus, Granger's commitment to being your safety partner can help you Keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days. Man has won a Super Bowl in Washington. That is Joe Theismann. Obviously, I think Washington can win the division. I really do. I'm not, not just saying it because, because I played there, but I think Washington has just as good a chance to win the division as anybody. I think Carson is under as much as anybody because he's been brought in there to elevate this offense. It wasn't going to take a whole lot to upgrade at quarterback, but we still don't know that the commanders have actually done that. It's Chris Carlin in for Graney on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and of course on ESPN+. Plus. Hembo's joining us today in studio as well, the Washington Commanders, where we turn in the first of our two-a-days today. And let's hear from Ron Rivera on Carson Wentz. This is back from early uh, in June on what he expects Wentz to bring to the team. There are some things that Carson does that, you know, not, not a lot of other quarterbacks can do. Um, with his arm strength, his ability to throw the ball 
specifically vertically. So yeah, do I expect it to, to step forward? I do. I expect us to be able to really expand on, on what we've done in the past. This is first year with Carson as, as, our, as a QB1, but I do think we can develop and grow as a group together. Uh, offensive, defensive, special teams. But to me, it really does come down to winning. You know, when you look at Carson Wentz and you try to evaluate him, when you look at the numbers, first and foremost, you're going to say, this isn't bad. What, what's the problem here? But it's not about numbers with Carson Wentz. It's about big situations. It's about reputation with his teammates, which is not good, and it hasn't been for a few years. And I think the other area where you see coaches – start to look at a guy like this and evaluate him in a positive way when they are truly trying to sell themselves on Carson Wentz is, well, this guy was the MVP in 2017 before he got hurt. That's five years ago, man. That's five years ago. And he was not awful at times in Indianapolis, but as you just heard Jeff Darlington say, this is a guy who quit in a game, basically. I mean, you look at it, it's tough to say, but it's pretty accurate. I don't look at Washington and say they have absolutely improved their quarterback situation from last year with Taylor Heineke because, to me, before week eight, it is not out of the realm of possibility that Taylor Heineke is starting for Washington. No, I mean, I I totally agree with that. We don't have to wonder what the league thinks of Carson Wentz. We know based upon the actions. The Eagles moved on from him willingly and took a $30-plus million cap charge to do so. By the way, he didn't talk, literally he didn't talk to head coach Doug Peterson for a period of months during the end of his tenure there. So that's how it ended there. We also only have to look to Indianapolis, who uh, moved on from him without having his replacement, which you literally never see in the NFL. Yep. And just listen to or, or, or read what Jim Irsay, the, the owner of the team, said on the record about the guy. There's everything that you need to know about Carson Wentz. Was he the best option available in Washington? I suppose. I mean, I... Given you know that they have Taylor Heineke there and eventually drafted Sam Howell, like maybe just maybe he's the best option that they had. But with Carson Wentz, you put it well. There's a lot more than the stats. There's a lot more than just the tape. It's the sort of aura about him that has now defiled two teams in two years. And it feels like it has a black cloud over the situation. And just to to put that in a little bit more context, just think about this for a second. Frank Reich was responsible for bringing Carson Wentz to Indianapolis. Wentz had his best success with Frank Reich. Reich said, we'll give up a number one pick. I believe in this. We'll give up multiple picks to get him. I believe in this guy. And within the span of a year, he got rid of him. And he got rid of him for a lot less. That tells me everything I need to know. Because if somebody is going to make that work, it's Frank Reich. And he bailed out on Carson Wentz that quickly. That tells me everything. I, I totally agree with that. His, his season in Indy last year, in my judgment, was Carson Wentz's last real chance. I don't think he has almost any chance in Washington. It was, it's been well established on this program. I'm a Philly fan, so I've seen practically every snap Carson Wentz has ever taken. I watched the, the Indianapolis Colts fans last year, mostly online, have the same experience that we did. All of a sudden, our offensive line doesn't look so good. What's wrong with our offensive line? All of a sudden, our coaching staff isn't dialing up the right place. Well, why aren't you putting Carson Wentz in position to succeed? Here's the problem. We've preloaded the argument with thinking that Carson Wentz is good. Carson Wentz is not good. The offensive line was good. Frank Reich's a great coach, and Matt Ryan's going to take that team to the playoffs next year. That's what's going to happen. The common denominator across the board here is Carson Wentz. Now, 
on the flip side for Washington, there are a couple of other things to keep in mind. Number one, it is probably the biggest move in the offseason that does not get enough attention, and that is losing Brandon Scherf. Brandon mm. Scherf is a tremendous guard. We know that he's an all-pro, and he signed elsewhere. He signed with the Jaguars this offseason. And they tried to go the depth route. They brought in Andrew Norwell. They brought in Trey Turner to try to help their offensive line. But it is yet to be seen as to how they are going to adapt without an all-pro in the interior of the offensive line. Number two, Chase Young is coming off a torn ACL. That defensive line went intact may be a top three in football. It may be the best when they are all healthy and all at their best. Jonathan Allen is such a good player, and he gets overlooked with Deron Payne, with Young, with Montez Sweat. This is a big year coming up, though, for Chase Young, and it's going to be tricky because, as we've talked about with ACL so many times, you have a, a player who comes back and may not be great immediately and it takes another year before they get back to being what they can be and chase young only had one and a half sacks through his i think it was six games before uh he got hurt last year he was not as productive as they would have hoped in year two it's a big opportunity here for chase young and you have to hope that that knee has healed a whole lot better for washington to have much of a sniff oh yeah for all the talk about carson Wentz in the offense the defense went from fourth to 25th yep. year over year. This team is built to be good on defense. I mean, Carson Wentz could literally have an all-pro season. If the defense doesn't improve, that team ain't making the playoffs. It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Our second two-a-day next hour, the Chicago Bears. We will focus on Justin Fields, and we will bring in one of our experts from Chicago to fill us in on all things Bears. Tune in to an AL rivalry Sunday, the Red Sox hosting the Yankees. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and 7 p.m. on ESPN. Up next, who says no? Hembo will present to us different packages for Kevin Durant, and we will tell you who says no to the deal. It's Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Josh Donaldson Grand Slam last night. Yankees were in the zone. 6-5 win over the Red Sox in the opener of four. Get in the zone. Brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Chris Carlin and for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Hambo is here as well. And Hambo has come up with five scenarios for possible Kevin Durant trades and wants to know who says no. So he will go through right now and present all the scenarios and wants to know who says no. Hambo, the floor is yours. I'm going to start with the Phoenix Suns. We know they are on KD's trade list. My proposal for you is DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, and two protected draft picks for Kevin Durant. Who says no, Chris Carlin? The Brooklyn Nets say no. I don't think they love DeAndre Ayton. And talking to somebody yesterday, somebody made a very good point. You're starting to see... The centers in the league who are not the Embiid's and the Jokic's really get devalued, and teams want to go more with kind of a center by committee if they get a rim protector, a defender in there. Hmm. That's why I think partially DeAndre Ayton has lost some value with Phoenix. Interesting. So you think, let's say, I'm going to give you the option of two extremes here. He becomes a potential max player as a center, or he becomes, say, Andre Drummond. What is more likely for DeAndre? I, I think he. Bec- I think he is a max player. I like him a lot as a player, but as this person put it, basically centers are almost becoming like running backs in some ways, unless they have an elite skill set. Okay. Next. Fair enough. The Warriors are next. Mm. Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, and James Wiseman for Kevin Durant. Who says no? <sighs> Boy, if I were Brooklyn, I would do it. I would do that if I were Brooklyn. You would do that if you're Brooklyn. I would absolutely do that if I were Brooklyn. If I were the Warriors, it would depend on what the relationships are with Durant because you listen to Nick Friedle, who was on Get Up this morning, of course, covered the Warriors, now has spent a lot of time around the Nets with Durant and company being there. Uh, that had run its course. So I wonder what those relationships are like, but I do get the sense Draymond Green wants him there, hmm. wants him back. I do get that sense. If I were in that scenario... Either team should say yes to that. Okay, okay, so we'll put a pin in that one. Yeah. My next one for you is the Miami Heat. My proposal is this. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry to make the salaries work, and two lightly protected draft picks. Who says no? The Nets should say no to that. I'm not a Tyler Hero guy. I know that he's sixth man of the year. I don't think he's the next superstar. I certainly don't think he's anywhere near what he thinks he is. Okay. And Duncan Robinson's a really good shooter. Lowry shot. That's over with. That's all about contract. I I would not say yes to that if I were the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, not enough. Next is Toronto, the Raptors, okay? Pascal Siakam, Mm. OG Ananobi, and two lightly protected draft picks. Who says no? It's not bad. It's not a bad deal. Um, I don't know that the Nets would do a whole lot better in terms of true talent mm-hmm. right away. And I, I can't imagine that Durant would love being traded to Toronto, which, <laughs> honestly, for me, just because I'm vindictive, I, I would kind of want to send him there. Okay, so between the Warriors package and the Raptors yeah. package... I would say you, the Warriors is better. The Warriors is better. I like Jordan Poole. 
Yeah, I don't know how you don't love Wiggins after what you just saw in terms of being an all-around player. And James Wiseman intrigues me. But again, it kind of goes back to that center discussion. The Warriors, I think at this point, might even value Kevon Looney more than they do uh, Wiseman. Got it. You got time for one more? Yes. The Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets. Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, two lightly protected draft picks. Who says no? Uh, if I'm the Nets, I have to say no. And I would consider saying yes if I could rely on Porter to stay healthy. I can't rely on Porter to stay healthy at this point. And when it's a back thing, and it's been a back thing since he was in college for the year, absolutely worries me long-term about that. I would say, if I were the Nets, I would say no to that. Okay, so then it seems like the Warriors is your favorite package here. Let's think about this real quickly from their perspective then. Are you more inclined to go for the gusto, trade for Kevin Durant, and have a chance, or the best chance, to win you know, each of the next two or three championships? Or do you keep your window open as long as possible and try to become the San Antonio Spurs? No, if I were, if I were the Warriors, I would absolutely make that trade and go get Durant and get him back because it's, that guarantees at least two championships in the next three years. Guarantees at least two. Does it not? If you're the Warriors, would you do that? I would do it, like you said, so long as the relationships have not been permanently fractured. Yes, totally agree. And frankly, it would be an admission of defeat in a lot of ways for Durant, even though he has said he would be open to it. Mm-hmm. I, because why did you leave there in the first place? To go and do it on your own. And that, to me, is where this really is not getting enough attention in terms of his overall legacy, picture, long-term, all of that. This is a failed situation, and it's on Durant for the reason that it failed. You can blame Kyrie all you want. Durant has enabled him at every turn. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.